0: We've learned about the footsteps of the Messiah, birth pangs of the Messiah. Uh, they're happening almost every day with more frequency and uh, uh, we know that the closer that we get to the birth of something, that the birth pangs, the contractions get closer and closer and closer. You can't go through a, a day without that's a sign. And so, uh, we're in this season of the shofar culminating today with the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Shofars, and the shofar is a wake-up call. God gives the shofar for many things, to announce the coronation of the king. The king is coming. Be ready when the king comes, don't be napping. Don't miss it. And so the prophet Joel said, blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand. And that's as true today as it's ever been. Right? And uh, one one of the signs, there's my bride. I love you, babe. <laughs> One of the signs that uh, the church has overlooked through the years in studying end-time prophecy is uh, the biblical holidays. We never uh, learn more about Halloween than we did about uh, Rosh Hashanah. Our kids grew up knowing and we grew up knowing more about Valentine's Day than we did about Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And in the church, that should be a crime. That's a Christian crime. That's a crime against Christians that we weren't taught these things by and large. Now, some grew up knowing all of that. But I wish I had been brought up knowing about the Feast of the Lord because it would hold a much more important place even today in my theology. I'm not just inclined to think about God's calendar like I am about man's calendar right uh but uh, we're trying to reverse the curse right and create spiritual momentum in following God's calendar and look if you want to celebrate canada day or flag day or whatever day you're welcome to do that grandparents day was the other day uh i didn't get no gift but it was just nice to know that there was you know uh a nice day for me God didn't give the Feast of the Lord as some kind of busy work scheme. This is the lie that the replacement theologists have told for centuries that. Oh, all of that got plowed into the landfill of history and to be remembered no more. No, God didn't make a mistake. He didn't send Jesus to correct a major mistake that he made in the Old Testament. And he surely didn't give the Feast of the Lord to be a monotonous legalistic activity that they would have to go through the rest of their life being punished having to uh, follow uh, this uh, pattern and plan. Uh, Each festival, feast that God gives, is rich in revelation. Come on, somebody. And just like we're trained to celebrate Christmas and Easter... All of the feasts of the Lord from Passover, the Feast of First Fruits, the Feast of Pentecost, and now uh, we're right now Rosh Hashanah, next week Yom Kippur, and then the Feast of Tabernacles. They're living signs, living prophecies. As someone just wrote a book, Living Prophecies. Who, who was that? Seven Living pro Oh, Pastor Larry. Yeah. And they reveal God's uh, stages of redemption. Okay, so we're celebrating Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets. And it's important to know that Rosh Hashanah uh, is a shadow and a type or symbolic of the rapture of the church. The rapture is one of the most incredible and amazing promises in the Bible. It's almost incomprehensible. I mean, even if you watch a movie like Left Behind, it's still hard to get your mind, your natural mind around, what just happened? It's just unbelievable, incomprehensible. Uh, But the rapture is the fulfillment of the promise of our salvation. When we pledge our allegiance to Jesus, one of the promises that we receive is that we're going to hear a final trump, a last blowing of the shofar, and we're going to—I'll read here in just a second—we're going to be caught away and taken into glory. That's why—that's why we say I, we're believers. How many of you are believing believers today? I see all those hands. So uh, uh, the rapture really is a resurrection. It's resurrection. And when you study the rapture, you realize God is resurrecting his people into all of eternity. And when you uh, read uh, with me, if you would, 1 uh, uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, turn your Bibles over there. Uh, it's one of the great Bible verses about the rapture. And in verse 15 it says, This is the word of the Lord. We who are alive in him and remain on the earth when the Lord appears will by no means have an advantage over those who have already died, for both will rise together. For the Lord himself will appear with a declaration of victory. I like that. The shout of an archangel and the trumpet blast of God. He will descend from the heavenly realm and command those who are dead in Christ to rise first. Then we who are alive will join them transported together in clouds to have an encounter with the Lord in the air. And we will be forever joined with the Lord. So encourage one another with these truths. Come on, somebody. That was the Passion Translation. At Christmas, Jesus appeared as a baby. Born in Bethlehem and destined to be the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and Savior of our lives. Right? At Passover, Jesus appeared as the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. And each holiday reveals certain things. The Feast of Trumpets is the story of the appearing of the Lord at the end of the age. And it's also the story of people like you and I, believing believers, people of God, who will enter into their eternal destiny. And that's a tough one to get our minds around, eternity. We're living in eternity now, but there's a dimension of eternity that we can't even comprehend how good it will be. All the fall feasts picture the various aspects of the second coming of Jesus. The the spring feasts, they reveal the first coming of Jesus and his redeeming work. And these last three festivals or feasts are Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. And each of these final feasts of the Lord, there's seven major feasts culminating with uh, Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, they all fall in the calendar month of Tishrei. And Tishrei means beginnings. Isn't that amazing? The month that uh, uh, the Bible is telling us that the Lord will return to set up his earthly kingdom comes in the month of Tishrei, meaning beginnings. To begin Amen. And right now, we're in a divine moment when God is about to birth a new beginning in all of us. If He's not going to birth a new beginning for our lives that takes us into eternity forever and ever, then this next year, He's going to birth something good. One way or the other, you're going to be run down with blessing. Amen? See, Rosh Hashanah means head of the year. And it's taught in ancient Jewish wisdom that this is when the world was created on Rosh Hashanah. Which means that Rosh Hashanah is a creative time. And so right now we need to be creating in our own world the right things. It, as the coming of the Lord draws near and the birth pangs uh, get closer and closer together, there's going to be one side, it's going to reveal all the strife, all the hate, all the violence, all the destruction. And if you get drawn into that, you might miss your destiny. Those that are believing believers need to understand that the new world that's coming will either be led by the Antichrist or be led by the Lord Jesus Christ. So we want to make sure that we're focused on the right things. Amen? And that we're creating the destiny that God has ordained for us. See, if it's not the rapture, if the last Trump doesn't sound here in a few hours, then we're about to enter into a period of sustained blessing. Amen. We're about to enter in to some things that we haven't seen. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, but I'm going to reveal to you some things according to the Spirit of God that shows you how you'll go through these last days victorious as an overcomer, knowing that greater is He that is in you than anything the world can bring against you. Amen. Come on. And so the Feast of Tabernacles, or excuse me, the Feast of Trumpets reminds us that we need to stir this up in our spirit and soul, because it's a shadow of what God has planned. It's a picture of the rapture. The term rapture comes uh, from a Greek word. And a Latin word, which means to seize, to catch away, to catch up, to pluck, to pull, to take by force. And when you read First Thessalonians 4, 17, that's what's going on. That the Lord is going to seize a moment in time and pluck us out of this earth, catch us away. We're going to meet him in the air, in the clouds, and forever be with him. And in my opinion, I don't recommend you miss that. Because there's an option. And the option or the alternative isn't very pretty. When we teach about the rapture, we have to realize this is not the return of Christ to the earth. Okay? This isn't when he sets up his heavenly kingdom here on earth. That's coming. Uh, but right now, that's a picture of Yom Kippur, which happens next Sunday, seven days away. Okay? That's the Day of Atonement. That's the great judgment that's going to happen. That comes later when we enter into the Sabbath millennium, the thousand-year reign of Christ, not in heaven... We don't all get to grow big bellies like mine is right now. We're not the Michelin men and women that are assigned to harp in a cloud. You've seen the Michelin man on the commercial, you've seen Cupid, <laughs> they're cousins. So the rapture can be seen as two stages of the second coming. The first stage of two stages. After the rapture happens, there's uh will be it with the Lord for 7 years. All right. So all the believers from Adam Until when this catching away happens, any and all believers are gonna be carried away with the Lord into heaven. Going all the way back to Adam. Yeah, Adam and Eve will be in heaven. They blew it, they sinned, but they were forgiven. They'll be in heaven. You've sinned, I've sinned, we've all sinned, but the good news is we're forgiven. And all of those that have been standing in faith that love the Lord God Almighty, whether he was Jehovah in the Old Testament, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords of the New Testament, we're all in the same family, we're all part of the saints that go marching in. And that's when we go and stand before the judgment seat of the Messiah and we receive crowns. Good job, faithful servant. You done good, Scotty. Thank you, Lord. There's rewards that'll happen during this time. And what we don't often talk about is the future assignments. Because in seven years, after the seven-year tribulation, we come back with Jesus Christ, part of the army of God, and we set up a thousand-year reign of Christ here on earth where you and I rule and reign. So we'll have assignments. Not the cloud and the harp thing, right? There may I don't know how all the government will be structured, but there will probably be uh, rulers over a few and rulers over many. So all the people that hate God, that rule cities, are going to be replaced by people like you and I. Amen. And we'll help to administrate the righteous rule of Jesus Christ based on the Word of God. If you think the Ten Commandments is abolished, you're not going to like the Millennium. All the pastors and preachers that say that the Ten Commandments are, are a waste of time. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're not going to like the Millennium, and you'll probably be the one that everybody will see getting rebuked, and that's why there's tears in heaven. Oh my gosh, did I handle that bad? He'll wipe away the tears, and then we'll all go on into eternity feeling good about ourselves. But it is a judgment seat. And we'll get our assignments, and as part of it, and there's debate on this. Some people will say that the marriage supper of the Lamb comes later. Some teach it comes right now during this seven-year period. Uh, I'm open. I've always believed it's during the seven years following the rapture. Those that are left behind go through a seven-year tribulation. And this is God's judgment. God is actually enforcing His power and authority to take... Uh, the world back into his hands. He's the, the righteous. So, so it's a form of jubilee where everything is being returned to the rightful owner. And the world doesn't like that. The devil doesn't like that. All of the devil's lieutenants don't like the idea that they're losing power. And they'll do anything to keep their power. Through deception and lies and tricks and, and just trying to pull the wool over people's eyes that my way is better. No, the devil's way is never better. Don't fall for the lie that you can live like the devil and still make heaven your home. But during that seven-year tribulation, this is the Antichrist, the mark of the beast, 666. And all of that one-world counterfeit stuff, one-world religion, one-world government, one-world economy, all of that is building even now. You see the signs happening even now. The pandemic came and now all of a sudden, everybody's, uh, they're talking about everybody has to have immunity papers. Maybe instead of papers we'll save trees, maybe we'll just embed a chip into your wrist. So we see these things. There's definitely a new world coming, one for saints and one for sinners. I thank God I'm an ex-sinner. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm not perfect. I've got a pool in my backyard. I can't walk on water. (laughs) But we're doing our best, aren't we? We're trying our best to serve the Lord. And if we make a mistake, how many times does the Lord say he'll forgive us? Seven times 70, which basically is Buzz Lightyear. Infinity and beyond. So the closer we get to the coming of Jesus, the easier it's going to be to know which side you're on. You're going to be able to look out there and realize, oh, that message from that person comes from a voice I do not know. I'm a sheep in the Lord's pasture, and I am not going to follow the voice of a stranger. You'll know that. That's why you have the Holy Ghost. You thought it was just so you could fall down at the altar. But now that there's social distancing and there's no falling down at the altar, you better advance the story a little bit. The Holy Spirit is to teach us and guide us and show us things to come. It's not just so we can say, yabba-dabba-doo, mama roba Say that fast enough and you got it. Bob Dylan wrote the song, uh, You Gotta Serve Somebody. It might be the devil or it might be the Lord, but you know you gotta serve somebody. There's not gonna be any excuse. You're not going to be able to shuck and jive your way through the pearly gates. Right? You might pull the wool over my eyes. You might pull the wool over your family and friends. But God knows everything. He knows what's going on. So the best thing to do is just get right with the Lord. He doesn't condemn you. He's not out to uh, point a finger at you. He's there to reach out a hand of love to elevate you into a higher life. Jesus said to the church in Philadelphia, remember we were talking about this in early morning prayer, uh, God uh, in, in the book of Revelation sent seven letters, seven angels, seven messages to seven different churches, each revealing seven different kinds of character. And some of those churches then and now have lots of characters. What we don't need are a bunch of characters what we need is the church to have people of character, of integrity. Stop trying to make the things of God so bizarre. Stop trying to represent yourself as some kind of uh, 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 magician in the kingdom of God. You don't have no abracadabra. You don't need no abracadabra. And don't try to dazzle me with all your fancy pseudo-spiritual talk. Just tell me Jesus loves me. There's a pathway of blessing. This is how you do it. Now let's get busy and do it. Right? Faith. Just do it. So Jesus said to the church of brotherly love, he said, and this is what New Beginnings is. We're a church of brotherly love and sisterly love. We love one another no matter what our background is. We know there's one cross for all colors. We're not struggling with whether we should love somebody because their skin tone is different. We realize that is the most stupid, idiotic thing. Whether I've got white skin, or whether you have dark skin, or you're somewhere in between. We're all part of one family. We have one Bible. We have one Holy Spirit we have one Savior who died on one cross and shed one blood for every single color. That unites us, makes us family, and it makes us love one another. And Jesus said in Revelation 3 verse 10, because you did obey my message about persevering. See, we need to persevere in loving one another. Because right now the world's trying to tear us apart. Trying to create a division and a war against people based on their color. I had no choice. How can I be bad because I'm this color? I had no choice. I'm created in the image and likeness of God. You're telling me God made a mistake? Eh, you're the weakest link. Get out of here. Right? I will keep you from the time of trial coming upon the whole earth to put the people living on the earth to a test. See, by living for God now, you pass the test. If you refuse and rebel right now to live for the Lord, then you got to go through another test. It's called the seven-year tribulation. And even though there are many obvious signs, that are all taking place right now, it's telling us that the Lord is at hand. When the actual rapture happens, it's going to be a surprise event. Because no man knows the day or the hour. Jesus is going to return as a thief in the night. He said no man knows the day or the hour. A surprise event. And this is intended to keep us on our spiritual toes. Right? Right? So we're always praying, we're always watching, we're always keeping about our Father's business. The rapture is also a selective event. Yes, God loves everybody. God is patient and long-suffering, and he desires that none should perish, but that all come to a knowledge of the truth, that his plan is real, he is almighty God, he sent his only begotten Son, and whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But it is a selective event, the rapture. This is what Jesus was teaching in Matthew 24, 40. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill or shopping at Nordstrom. (laughs) One will be taken and the other will be left. So you too must keep watch, keep watch, keep watch. Keep your eyes open. Do you got your ears on, good buddy? Breaker, breaker, one nine. Jesus is coming. Do you got your ears on? For you don't know what day your Lord is coming. So it's, it's a, a selective event. It's a surprise event, and it's also a sudden event. Suddenly, something's going to happen. First Corinthians 15, turn over there, says it's going to happen in a twinkling of an eye. At a moment of time. And one of the intriguing reasons for blowing the shofar uh, that we learn through ancient wisdom and the study of of ancient biblical literature is that the blowing of the shofar proclaims the resurrection of the dead. The resurrection of the dead is going to take place on Rosh Hashanah. We read some of that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And now, here in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51, the apostle Paul tells us that the resurrection of the dead will be at the last trump. The trumpets will sound. That's a sign. I mean, how on earth can you have people in government named trumpets And at the same time, we're talking about Jesus' coming like any day now. In Dallas, we call that a clue. 1 Corinthians. Listen, and I'm going to tell you a divine mystery. Not all of us will die. But we will all be transformed. It will happen in an instant. In the twinkling of his eye. For when the last trumpet is sounded, the dead will come back to life. We will be indestructible and we will be transformed. For we will discard our mortal clothes and slip into a body that is imperishable. Man, that's hard to understand, but it's going to happen. God said it. That settles it. What is mortal now will be exchanged for immortality. Hallelujah! That's our destiny. And when that which is mortal puts on immortality and what now decays is exchanged for what will never decay, then the scripture will be fulfilled that says death is swallowed up by a triumphant victory. Come on, somebody. And all of this is about to happen. All the signs are lining up. And what follows is not just uh, uh, the rewards of our salvation. It follows, what follows is a time of judgment. This is why in ancient wisdom and the tradition for Rosh Hashanah, and even the build-up through the month of Elul that we've learned about—it's an appointed time for personal reflection and personal repentance. It's not the time to be pointing fingers at others. It's the time to be looking in the mirror, you and I, and making sure that you know the beam in our eye is dealt with before we go around throwing rocks at someone else for what they're not doing, right? This is what's called teshuvah. We return to God. We return to his priorities. We, we do our best to start reflecting the nature and the attributes of God. And we look at ours and say, am I falling short in this way or that way? Am I hiding something? Do I need to make amends to somebody and, and kind of clear the air and, and put out the peace branch, the olive branch, and co- so we can move on from bitterness or uh, a feeling, the wrong feelings of being mad and being hateful and wanting revenge and, and wanting to, I'll show them when I get my chance. No, 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 no. That's not the life of a believer. Right? Say amen. 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 The Torah portion that's always read on Shabbat before Rosh Hashanah begins in Deuteronomy 29. Nitzavim, And in Deuteronomy 29.9 it says, Today you are standing, all of you, before Adonai your God. Your heads, your tribes, your leaders, and your officers, all the men of Israel... And what's so fascinating and why we're talking about this is that there's some strands of Jewish teaching that suggest that this passage in the word today is alluding to Rosh Hashanah. That all people are going to stand before the Lord one day. And it's a description of a heavenly courtroom scene. When you go back into literature, you find out they liken this to a heavenly courtroom scene. And ancient wisdom connects the day of judgment even with another book, the book of Job. And if you go into Job... Uh, chapter 1, verse 6, it says, And it came to pass on that day that the angels came to present themselves before the Almighty, and Satan also came with them. And this word, the day, that day in Job, is the same Hebrew word as it is in Deuteronomy 29, and it refers to Rosh Hashanah. If you go back to an early translation of the scripture called the Targum, it's an ancient Aramaic translation, uh, and the book of Job, it goes so far as to write in that translation, and it came to pass on the day of judgment of Rosh Hashanah. Wow. Wow. So when I read I I, got to see what are the Christian commentators, and indeed they say the same thing. So not only do our Jewish brothers teach about judgment on Rosh Hashanah, so do many of the Christian commentators. You go into the Matthew Henrys and the Adam Clarks and the Barnes commentaries, you'll uh, research this day is when the sons of God on a set this is right out of their commentary on a set or appointed day came to stand before God to give an account of what they had done and to receive further orders in regards to what they were to do. That's all coming. Now the good news for you and I is we've been about our Father's business. And there's not going to be tears in heaven for you and I because we're going to hear the words, Well done now, good and faithful servant. I don't want to be the guy, but Lord, Lord, didn't I do this stuff in your name and I don't know you. I don't want to hear that. So I better examine myself and reflect on my behavior, my attitudes, my conduct, how I'm living my life so that I don't get caught hearing the wrong thing. Depart from me, I didn't know you, or well done, thou good and faithful servant. It's judgment day, it's for real, it's going to happen. Not every judgment has to be bad. The judgment of God can be good. I judge you good. In fact, I award thee one million (laughs) dollars. Right? People have had that happen in civil court. You watch Aaron Brockovich. I award thee three hundred and fifty six million dollars. And your cut is two million. <laughs> I always like to watch the end of Aaron Brockovich. Just to you know, I I'll just tune in right at the last ten, because I want to see when that guy walks that check in and she looks at that thing and she says, two million dollars. I get oh man, come on, Lord. So Rosh Hashanah, we're in that time and season right now. Let's look at our gifts what has god anointed us to do and what tools and gifts and the talents and abilities has he given us they're from the lord and we need to remember he's looking for a return on his investment right so even today let's just sing a little louder let's clap a little louder <clears throat> right let's get it on it's supposed to be motivation The problem is we have to, we get overly focused on the wrong priorities. We get caught up into the cares of this world and we forget our priorities towards God. And it's a dilemma because as human beings, uh, we're, we're motivated in ways to do things, but we either do things self-centered or Christ-centered, right? And then you add the devil into the mix who he's trying to distract, right? He's trying to divert our attentions. He's ultimately trying to destroy our destiny by getting us to focus on the wrong things. So this is why God gives us advance notice of what's coming so that we're not caught unaware. I pray that the thief in the night idea Doesn't apply to me. I don't want the thief in the night idea to apply to me. Whether it's my real home or my heavenly home. My earthly home or heavenly home. I want to catch the thief trying to do his dirty deeds before he strikes. Right? Matthew sixteen twenty seven says the Son of Man will come with all his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge and reward all people according to their deeds. Matthew sixteen twenty seven. Revelation one seven says Look, he comes with the clouds of heaven, and everyone will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the nations of the world will mourn for him, realizing their sin and guilt and anticipating the coming wrath from the Amplified. Now, we're not going to have time to get into this because we got to wrap things up, but I was going to get into a little bit about there's already been two raptures to happen. And they're a shadow and a type of the final rapture. The first rapture was Enoch, Hanok, in Hebrew, Enoch. In Genesis five twenty four. Hanok walked with God, and then he wasn't there because God took him. And then Hebrews 11 talks about uh, uh, he was taken because he lived a life well-pleasing to God. And Enoch represents people like you and I that are faithfully waiting and watching and praying and serving the Lord. Come on. That's what pleases the Lord. Enoch's very name means dedicated. Hanok. Dedicated. How many of you are dedicated to serving the Lord no matter if it's heaven or high water or hell and high water? Me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. Raise your hand if you're in. I see that hand, that hand, that hand. And most people don't know that Enoch's uh, Enoch was Noah's great grandfather. And Jesus said that the coming, uh, his coming, will be like in the days of Noah. In the days of Noah, people ignored all the preaching, all the preachers, all the signs, all the warnings. The great flood is a shadow of the great tribulation. And whether willfully or ignorantly, people ignored God's signs. And But, but Noah and his family were saved. But guess what? They went through the, the, the sign, the symbolic uh, tribulation time, even though they were saved going through it. I'd rather be like Enoch, who was raptured before the flood, Right? There's a reason God raptured him. To give us a picture that before the flood comes, I'm going to take you out of here so you don't go through the judgment and wrath of God. The second rapture was Elijah. The chariots of fire. That's just not a cool movie that won an Academy Award. It actually happened in 2 Kings 2. And God sent a a chariot of fire, and Elijah got in that chariot of fire and was taken to heaven in a whirlwind. And what's so amazing is that we haven't seen the last of Elijah. Because Malachi 4 says, at the time of the great and dreadful day of the coming of the Lord, I will send to you Elijah. Elijah. So Elijah's not done. And if we had time, we'd get into Revelation 11 that talks about the two witnesses. That, that prophesy against the Antichrist and bring signs and wonders and miracles to counteract what the devil is doing and people during the tribulation will see these two witnesses and the 144,000 Jewish saints of God that are preaching the gospel as well and they'll be a counter to what the Antichrist and the false prophet are doing so that people can be saved even during the tribulation. Unfortunately Fortunately, many that are saved in the tribulation will become martyrs because of uh, what we know about the tribulation. That's Re- Revelation 11. So, <clears throat> right now, while there's still time, <laughs> check your uh, uh, news feed on your smartphone and see if the ra- the rapture started in Israel and it's working its way to America far as I can tell, there's still time. So we need to be like Enoch and live a life well-pleasing to the Lord. We need to be like Elijah and stand against the Ahabs and Jezebels of our time. We need to bind the darkness. We need to loosen the power of God. We need to pray for revival. We need to avoid getting all caught up into the hate and the strife and the division. And we need to be like the church at Philadelphia. And we need to come together in brotherly love. Can you say amen? If you believe that Today, give the Lord a big hand clap. Happy New Year. Happy Rosh Hashanah. Together, we're going to occupy until Jesus comes.